welcome to the show. <laughs> Hello. Please, please, please tell me you got that on Fiverr. You got that. You got that amazing jingle on Fiverr. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> our our podcast music designer is the same person I used for my improv podcast. Oh, quite a, quite a deal. Incredible. Rec- like recording. Extremely value. good. Extremely like way better than my old podcasts. Skyler actually got me on Fiverr. I had never met him before, and he said that he wanted someone to come and uh, pretend to be a lifelong be a friend. friend. And yeah, perfect. Uh, <laughs> I've really gotten into the role, you know. So you I mean, what, is it five a day, or is it five a friendship? <laughs> yeah, I get five, but I don't know what. It could, so it could okay. be five treasure boxes. It could be five dollars, five cents. I pay you with five acts of friendship. Is that not the, like, it feels like it's like a solar energy kind of thing. It just sort of sustains itself. That's actually a lot. Five acts of friendship is, I mean, that's like a year of friendship with me. That's like what you get with the subscription. I think I like, text you, I, I text you like a YouTube video, one act of friendship. <laughs> yeah. All right. You get five memes. Easy for me. But. All right, so should we quickly introduce our, our guest so that way we can hit the ground running? Yes. Ben, would you like to say hello to our listener? Sure. <laughs> uh, uh, what's up, Ben? Uh, ben, a.k.a. Andre Santos. Well, <laughs> yeah. ben, a.k.a. Andre Santos. Uh, since we are talking about soccer, I am a, I wouldn't say a lifelong Arsenal fan, I'm a I, I became a big Arsenal fan, and this is mostly probably for Jeff, but you'll relate to this to some degree, Skyler. Mm. I played a lot of FIFA growing up, as every kid in America does. Right. I got I got into Arsenal kind of, but I was more of a Juventus fan. And then when I was probably 22 or something, that was right when Arsenal was starting. They were like in that horrible transfer process of, of Cesc Fabregas going to Barcelona that lasted like four months, and it was yeah. hell. And I remember that experience just being like, damn, is this this is the same Arsenal that I that used to be like the dominators on FIFA? What happened? And then I like it became this endearing, like, oh man, these are like the ones that were and now they're coming back, but maybe they will, but maybe they won't. And then the Arsene Wenger guy is this hero, but he's at the end of his rope. And it so I kind of caught him at that like narrative time. And then and then I like didn't miss a game until like three years ago. Wow. Uh, watched every watch every Carlin Cup slash League Cup <laughs> slash what do they call it now? Whatever whatever beer brand is now sponsoring Carabao Cup. The Carabao Cup. Who could forget um, Carabao energy drinks? <laughs> who could forget it? Um, the Crypto dot com Cup. Um, and then <laughs> and then I uh, and then yeah and then now I'm and now I'm uh, I feel like I've I'm like allowed to be an Arsenal fan now and I I can like make fun of people who are just suddenly being like, I like Arsenal because they're really good. Be like, you bitches don't have any idea what the it's, the, it's the, the Benoit era was. <laughs> like, uh, of all the eras to follow them, I mean, granted, it was still like the Champions League every year part of sure. Arsenal. But it's, I mean, is there any other stretch in Arsenal's history where we won less? Like, I feel like, no. like literally, if you had started in 1887 through right. when you started, you would have seen right. like a more successful 15 year run. And you know I what? Have a part similar... of it is, I, I think because I'm a Cleveland sports fan too, I'm, I'm like a big regional sports fan person. You two and are going to so love I'm, each other. I'm yeah. so used to 
the experience of like, like this is objectively not our year. Holy shit! Maybe this one tiny thing might finally. No, I won't. Actually, hold on. I'm gonna take that back. <laughs> and, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like that, that happening exactly. Like over and over and over and over again. So I think because of that, Arsenal. When I caught him, like if I would have caught him a couple years before, then I probably would have thought of him the same way I think about the Yankees, where I would have been like, "Fuck Arsenal! I don't want to. I don't want to be a fan of that team, dude. Come on, no way, yeah. right?" And but because I caught him when I did, it felt like I was being a fan of like the Cleveland Guardians or Indians or like the Browns or the Cavs or something, you yeah. know. You like to and then buy low, sell low, just stay. Yes, low. exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's good. Exactly. Yeah, I I'm similar. Like uh, I got into Arsenal, I'd say I, around the same time, but not like die hard, die hard. And it was sort of a slow burn until. I say I wasn't like watching every match until like the 2012 season, but it's like very parallel where it's like had like that weird transfer thing with totally. Dan Percy over the summer oh, when he was leaving. Christ. Where'd he what go? A <laughs> what a nightmare that was. Uh, he went to some shit club up north. They might get relegated this year. No, no argument. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, and for me, like, I was a DC sports fan growing up. So, like, in a weird way, it actually felt like as much as everyone else was miserable, I was like, guys, we won, like, a lesser trophy and made it in, totally. like, the top half of the league. Like, for so for me, it, like, weirdly felt, like, I don't know, successful. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was as much as this was the most miserable period in the club's history, it was also the best, uh, right. most fun I've ever had watching sports in any way. I totally agree. I also feel like there's an element of, I think that Arsenal has a, even though there's a bazillion Arsenal fans, it's like obviously one of the biggest in the world and there's tons of American Arsenal fans. It, it still feels like, generally speaking, other than Arsenal fan TV, which obviously is its own problem. Yeah. Like there's like a good soul to the team. Like even looking at yeah. this transfer market this past year, or this past, I mean, the transfer market ended, or the transfer window ended yesterday. Yeah. Like seeing Obama and go to Chelsea, I'm kind of like, yeah, he's supposed, he's supposed to be at a place like that. That makes sense. You know what I mean? <sighs> like, and you look at Arsenal now and you're just like, this team that we have is, that's the what I want this team to look like is a bunch of like, humble, nice kids, no, like, weird, arrogant, insane celebrities, you know? And, like, our True. biggest celebrity is basically a weird kid anyway, you know, like Sokka, just, like, a nice yeah. nice kid, you know? The Obama Yang thing d does bum me out, don't get me wrong, but it definitely is, like, seeing him walk into the Chelsea, like, medical room or medical center or whatever, like, just looking and dressed exactly like how like a superstar striker does i was yeah. kind of like i think like i think he's way. the only player we've ever had who has a mirror plated lamborghini so right. you know what yes. i mean there, there's something to totally. that. I, i'll ask you this because for a while there i'd say he was my favorite player at arsenal and like right. he just there were certain moments i mean there was a time where anytime he got the ball on the left wing you just knew that he was going to cut back and curl sure. it into the right corner yeah. and then even beyond that like there's all those like little moments of him like mentoring Saka and like when For he sure, gave man. up the hat trick to let Lacazette have the penalty. For where sure. you know what I mean? Like, and I, I loved him as a player, which is why I have his name on the back of my Bruised Banana 2.0 kit. Amazing. Um, I thought that was going somewhere way differently. Like, I that's why I got his name <laughs> tattooed on my blue on my Bruised Banana, and I'm like, yeah, Jeff, no, that, that's yeah, that's just what I call. 
It's a my, PG thing. This, yeah, with my, my hand. No. Disney uh, can but, still buy this podcast. You've you've censored yourself <laughs> appropriately. Well, that would be somewhat appropriate. So, I mean, I guess the one question that I had for you, we can come back to it, is can I ever wear that again? But the second question is, um, can we at least take some sort of moral victory out of the fact that he has an Arsenal tattoo and he's now going to play for Chelsea? Dude, for sure. And like, this is, this is, I think the thing about the club and maybe I'm being delusional. I don't think I am, but like a lot of players who have gone elsewhere talk very favorably of Arsenal afterwards, no matter what. And like, I don't think Aubameyang is going to be throwing Arsenal under the bus. I think that, because I agree yeah. with you. I loved Aubameyang. It reminds me a lot of that one year when Ozil was like a creation machine, yeah. but like nobody could put anything in the back of the net. So he was just like making, he was just creating chances left and right. But then we, you know, right. His assists like could have been triple, right? And Obama Yang like kept us alive. Van Persie kept us alive that one year, right? Yeah, he's one of the people who had us. He was like one of our life support machines over the last for sure, 10 years. For sure. And, and, you know, and I think that's been the interesting thing about Arsenal is like we've had legitimate life support machines, right? And I think <laughs> individual that's part player. of dude, individual one players. Of them, to your, to what that's what's exactly. And like, and I think that's kind of what makes this era feel interesting is that like I don't, I don't look around and see like, I mean, other than maybe Jesus right now, because he's just like, he's new, he's a fun, shiny object. He's obviously very, very good, but like, there's not really a life support player. Like it's a very complete, pretty balanced squad, generally speaking, which I think is, is again, like the, the way I am looking at this currently is it reminds me of that first two years of when like Klopp finally had Liverpool in order. Where you were just like, yeah. oh shit, this is a good team. Wow, you know, because those couple of years you were like, damn, he did it. He actually took this <laughs> horrible thing. Because, dude, re- remember how fucking bad after Liverpool finishing was? like seventh or whatever yeah. it was that first year. Totally, and then, and then he I, came back and brought it. What I'm hearing is a little bit like. So I did a self-tape audition the other day, and it's reminding me a lot of like early Daniel Day-Lewis, I'm feeling. Like, I think that's... that's <laughs> I, thought you were gonna say, I did it. I did a self-tape audition the other day. It's run, it reminded me a lot of Tommy Lee on his honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> now that's that's my season. We'll, we'll get to that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, so now that we've kind of like, I don't know, gotten to know each other and done a little foreplay, right. uh, I would love to... <laughs> let's jump to a new surprise topic that I want to ask you guys both. Transfer market grade yourself so with Mm. with what your team did do didn't do ingoings outgoings loans all that just what what is your sense of things give yourself like a letter grade and let's talk about it i think we were like a a to a plus until literally the day of the transfer window and then we kind of came down to like an a minus because we like the deadline day yeah, the deadline day. Because, like, we, we, the David, the David, what's his name? David Luis. Luis. Louise. Yeah, Douglas we've had Louise. David Luis too. Yeah, had, <laughs> which, one, which one is it? Um, the Douglas Louise transfer moment. It was interesting because it was like, you know, we, we, we do this at Arsenal where we kind of go, all right, we're going to get rid of Pepe. Yeah. We're not going to replace him, though. And we're kind of like, uh, uh, Okay. Are yeah. you sure? All right. Are you sure? Okay. Yeah. So I don't Louise think it's... Thing, it's smacked of like 
like it, it's it's hard to hit on someone after you just broke up with your girlfriend in front of them. <laughs> sure. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> for sure, it's, dude. For and sure. it's like it was like we really weren't in for him at all this entire window until like suddenly we've had like a, a couple center midfielders get hurt and then suddenly we're yeah. like, hey, hey. And it was like totally, I, I think totally. he absolutely made the right call for his career of like for sure. uh, no way for sure. because like in in like a month I'm gonna be back up to party El Nene and Zinchenko and Sammy. Totally. Like I know, you know what I mean? like I know. there's that is that would be a horrible idea. Wait, it, uh, was, yeah, it, it was the player rejecting? I thought it was no, the no, no. It was, it was, it was, it was Brennan Rogers who was the one who was ultimately rejecting. Or not Brennan really? Rogers, Stevie G. Stevie G was the one who was rejecting because it was like I mean, we like Stevie. Like Aston Villa is in bad shape. Rogers right should have had nothing to do with it. <laughs> I know. He's I a know, good. He's a good player. Like, <laughs> he's like now, now, fellas, I'm gonna step in here. This is Brendan Rogers talking. Oh, no, that was, letting this go. Through. That was my Stevie G not wanting to let him go. I'm sorry. I went. I went with the with the literal narrative. <laughs> yes, the, the the imaginary narrative. But but yeah, I mean, to your earlier question, like grading the transfer market. I mean. It, it, like Zinchenko, uh, Gabriel Jesus. I mean, I know it's not a new, but like Saliba, obviously coming into the squad, it's like it's pretty hard to not be like to think we flubbed anything in particular. I mean, that's um, three guys that are just like rock solid locks in the starting dude, eleven of a team 100%. that was already not like we we didn't finish the season in an awful state by any no. means. No. So, yeah. It's, For yeah. sure. And, and like, the fact that now, you know, like, Benway is pushed on the right. So, we got Tommy as the backup. And then on the left, we have fucking Tierney, man. And Tierney was, like, the guy. Like, yeah. he, if anybody was a life support of the last couple of years, it was probably Tierney of all people. Yeah. And so, so, I think now that we're seeing, like, Zinchenko and Tierney battling it out, I'm just, like, I mean, that's my big question. Like, Skylar and I were talking about this leading up to this conversation about this weekend playing United. Like, it, it feels like it's the interesting depth conversation where we're going to go, cool, okay, so how reliant are we on Ben White? How reliant yeah. are we on keeping Shaka in a forward position versus, versus like, really anchoring the back of the midfield, right? Which we know he's kind of had to been forced to do a couple times, but lately he's been playing more forward and it's been, like, paying massive dividends. Yeah, okay. So now we get to just see what that actually feels like. And if we move Zinchenko into the midfield and we let yeah. Tyranny run left, I mean, so, so yeah, I think, I think I, I can't say we have anything less than an A minus. And that would be, that's almost like, you know, trying to throw a Hail Mary when you're already up by 20 and like getting it intercepted with no time left. You know what I mean? You're These are like, yeah. very Arsenal metaphors, by the way. It's like your God, I guess, is how I feel. Or like, <laughs> you're, like you're like God's boss, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I would agree. I think the, the, there's so much in soccer that is like, it comes down to timing more than For results. Sure. You know, like if you've ever celebrated, sure. like, and we all have, of like that last minute equalizer. But mm -hmm. then like afterwards, you sort of think about it and you're like, well... I don't know. Now that I think about it, like all we did was tie against a team we probably should have beaten, you know? And I think like weirdly, if imagine if Jesus and or Zinchenko and or, you know, we haven't even talked about Vieira, who's like a $30 million player that they brought in. Um, you know, if we had closed some of these deals late in the window, um, 
then people would be celebrating, but it's like, because we, but that's actually a worse outcome than what we did, which is get our ducks in order really early, bring in players. So they had like a true preseason, you know, a lot of them, I mean, Jesus and Jinchenko, they look like they've been playing here for years already. Like they don't, they do not stand out at all. I mean, Saliba's in that same boat, even though, like you said, it's kind of a different situation transfer wise. Like I think that it's about as good of a window as you can have. But I also, I mean, the one thing that I'll always say is like the sort of stick in the mud is I think we've over, I think we overrate the importance of the transfer window at times where it's like every club is out. If the, if, if all that mattered was the transfer window, then Manchester United would be the best team in the history of soccer right now because you guys have spent no. 1.1 no. billion in the last couple of years. And, you know, yeah. It but doesn't. Yeah. Your 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 dinner is gonna be just as good whether you pay ten thousand dollars for it or twenty dollars for it. You'd rather pay twenty dollars for it, you know. Like it. Yeah. And I feel like spending in the transfer market, necessary spending is good. Spending because you're an idiot. Don't talk bad. about spend. Talk about necessary spend. Yeah, yeah. That was was that like what was it? Fifty cent. Who are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Some Arsenal fan TV. Do you know that mean? Oh, right? Don't talk no. about spend. Talk about net spend, bro. Like, which is like the <laughs> no. fakest stat of like net spend that oh, you just made that man. up, dude. Like, it's not a, it's not a real thing. It's much more. Well, people get people get all bent out of shape when we like let you know when you let players go for free or cheap or whatever. Everybody's just like, I, everybody points to Chelsea for that, right? Everybody's kind of like, holy shit, you guys, you know, sold Lukaku for X, bought Lukaku for Y, then sold him again for X, and so it's like the net spend ends up being lower, but. But yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that it's interesting having this conversation with another Arsenal fan and just like thinking about the Arsenal transfer window because this year it's like we've been validated in our decisions. Last yeah. year it was interesting because we had made all these transfers that like for the first three games or the first six games or whatever, people were just like, holy shit, what were they thinking? 30 yeah. million for this guy named Aaron Ramsdale. What's an Aaron Ramsdale, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden now people are like, oh, okay, Edu knows what he's doing. Yeah. Like, even though we don't know who Fabio Vieira is or, like, Zenchenko wasn't getting a lot of time at Man City, like, the, the narrative, I think, is actually piggybacking on last year, understanding that when yeah. they make these decisions, it's actually very intelligent, football-minded, Mikel Arteta philosophy decisions, not like, who's, who's, who's available and expensive and we can get now, you know? Which is the Manchester United way right now man city manchester united i mean man city is a little different because they're they're fucking icons at this point but like man you and chelsea absolutely ben gave us gave arsenal i think it was an a minus minimum grade jeff did you yeah. give an actual grade um i'll give him just a straight up a wow season's over <laughs> but well it's funny i mean because maybe it'll go the other way though you know this time last year when everyone was second guessing the transfers we had been zero and three to start the year you know 100%. losing three in a row yeah. now we're five and oh there may be a slight chance that we you have overrated. Data. you know like if, if jesus ever stops walking on water then right. nice. we all have eggs on our face yeah well or or like you know fabio vieira ends up being like a a really like maladapted midfielder yeah then people are going to be like 30 million for this chump why right right but you know but who knows i mean even now like i don't know how much you're watching all the loan stuff but like dude tavares is is like destroying france right now yeah and, as and is so, uh 
man, it's a really tough name. It's a double diamond name. It's a Falorimbolagon. Oh, Fal- Fal- Balogun. He's a uh, potentially he's American. young American. Potent, maybe. He, he, I don't think he declared it yet, did he? I'm not sure. I think he, I thought he had, but I might be, that might be wishful thinking. But he, uh, I think he has four goals, two, one penalties. Like he, he, he's, he's insane. Like, He's like, um, I think he might be close to leading the French league in scoring right now. Where is he playing? Rhymes, Reims. Yeah, I don't know how you say yeah, that. One of those. Rimes, it's like Rimes. Leanne Rhymes owns the uh, <laughs> French League right. One club, and it's right. all country. Uh, all right. Well, and no, n- neither of you asked me, but I'll tell you how I grade Manchester United's transfer window. <laughs> we were getting to that. D plus. Yeah. What? Yeah. What did we? What did we spend? Like the the revenue for Exxon Valdez or whatever, like, but, but I think it was so poorly spent in a value for dollars perspective. Like, I think I can't argue with any of the players we got, except maybe Dubrovka on loan, which I don't understand. Why don't you, do you want to have a keeper that beats out De Gea and maybe can play with his feet? Don't just get a shitter version of the same exact goalkeeper from Newcastle bench. Uh, but but they're all good players. But like, Anthony could have been had for like 45, 50 million euros two three months ago. Yeah, it's 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 when uh, all right. This is a good metaphor. When I was in Boston in college, and you know it would get really hot in Boston over the summer. If you didn't have an air conditioning unit, there was like a week when all of a sudden it was ninety one, and everyone's like Black Friday stabbing each other to get air conditioning units out of a Sears. In this case, it's that's it's the same thing with transfers. There were two strikers for sale all summer that were of any quality, and they went to City and Liverpool, respectively, right away. Uh, and so I feel like by the Glazers kind of sitting around saying, maybe we can just spend nothing. Maybe, maybe no one will notice if we just have no <laughs> Yeah. And then we lost two matches, and the protests explode and the what's his face Jim Ratcliffe potential buying stories explode and suddenly they spend uh 70 million on Casemiro and up to 100 million on Anthony that reeks to me of oh fuck I shat my pants I guess I have to buy these Armani pants so I have pants to walk around in well and that that honestly that's the that's the way I think about the man you spending habit and you know you got a little bit with Chelsea but Chelsea's like they always do that but they don't I have like the same rules we have. They, they have, have the a bank account totally. that's Dogecoin. Yeah, and I, and I think that Arsenal and Man U, for whatever reason, are very much like this, where like the narrative of the moment dictates the decisions that have to be made to accommodate it. Like Wenger was classic for this. It was always like on deadline day, we'd be like, we had, we were have horrible midfield depth, and all of a sudden, it'd be like deadline day, uh, Mikel Arteta from Everton. We're just yeah. like, what? what? Little did he know that that would resonate forever. <laughs> but it's like, that was always a thing. I just, I was so used to that happening. And like, you know, even, even I mean, to some degree, Ozil was like that. I think Ozil was different because he was like Ozil and it became like this icon of the club. But at the same time, it was still was like, on de- was he yeah, Madrid? Madrid. It was, it was but on deadline day, it was just like, cool, we're going to get the guy. And you're just kind of like, but we've never gotten the guy, and everything. Everybody's mad at Arsenal, huh? Well, you probably, yeah. I know that Bendre Santos remembers this, but I'll ask Skyler <laughs> first. Do you do you know who our record signing was before Ozil? 
Before like, Ozil. No, my brain just jumped to Pepe, but of course he's after. Yeah, uh, Sanchez? It's a tough one. No, because uh, that was also after. But um, Wait, he, Sanchez was after? Okay, I got. I put them together. It was almost like the same. It was same like a time. year after, I think. I could be wrong. But I know it wasn't Sanchez. Archavin? Archavin? Yes! Wow, yeah. that's pretty good. That's pretty good that's for pretty somebody good. else's club. And do you, yes. I won't, I won't put you on the spot for this, but it was fifteen mil was our record yeah. signing at the time. Totally. And so, and so, smash it. That, like, yeah, like that was the kind yeah. of club. I mean, granted, like if you inflation adjust for like the inflation of the soccer market, like fifteen mil back in the day <laughs> used to buy you quite a bit. Like I think we bought Bergkamp for like eight. You know? Yeah. But, totally. Jerry was eleven. I think. It's yeah. half a Rooney. It was half a Rooney. Right. Yeah. But I mean, like, even still, like, to, we went from 15, I think we paid like 45 for Ozil. And like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and just kind of kept going up since. I mean, you know, like, but even like the Pepe one was like, I remember when Pepe happened. I, I think all of, I mean, I, I'm going to speak for myself, but I imagine this is like the consensus with Arsenal fans. I was like, I don't really know who this guy is. But like <laughs> Arsenal's never spent seventy on anything. Holy shit! Yeah, I like guess we're celebrate. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, he must be messy. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, like that was kind of the thing. It was just, it was just like a uh, celebration. Anybody know this guy? I guess we'll celebrate. You I know, and that, yeah, I thought that for sure. And then he he was one of those guys where like if because I, I don't watch League Un, so like no, yeah. you know what I mean. Like unless you're like Mbappe or somebody, I haven't heard of you. And then I saw him. I looked at his stats. I'm like, oh, he scored like 20 goals. He's like 22. Right. And then the real kicker is you watch his highlight reel, and he he's the epitome of like a highlight reel player because sure. he has these incredible like cinematic shots when they go in. He has totally. you know like he can dribble past anyone. And you, I was like, oh wow, like we did it. And that was at the time. I finally, I, I tried to make this reference the other day, and I couldn't remember the name of the guy. But you know, Mbappe had just sold for like a hundred mil, and then yeah. I think like a season later, from the same club, like the guy that had been like kind of his strike partner, Thomas Lamar. I couldn't remember that of name. Course. I wanted to say Lamar. Yeah, like he went for a hundred, maybe even more than a hundred, and did nothing. Yeah. Like I think he scored yeah. like two goals ever, or something yeah. like that. Probably. I mean, whereas like. The thing about Pepe, say what you will about him, he wasn't worth seventy-two million, but like he had like years at the club as a useful squad player. You know what 100%. I mean? Like totally. he had like some key goals for us, even like for sure. he had like some nice moments. So it was like, I mean, it's a flop. I'm not saying it's not a flop, but it no, wasn't it's like, as bad I'm as Thomas smile. I'm smiling. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he's he's a he's a flop. He's like an inflated. We had a crony running the back yeah. fucking back office flop. Not like, like if we would have got him for thirty five and he would have done what he did, I'd be like, all right, like yeah. Mustafi was for like twenty five. You know what I mean? Right. So I'm like, all right, like Pepe for thirty five, forty. I'm like, cool, that makes sense. Pretty good. I, right. I'd like to point out uh, two things actually. One, this is <laughs> this topic is transfer market grade yourself, and two Arsenal fans have found a way to Kevin Bacon their way back to. <laughs> Pepe, <laughs> like such a it's such a yeah. stealth arming tendency. You won it so you in, in the twenty seventh minute. Pepe was mentioned. Yeah. But and speaking of, so we were like almost halfway through the podcast. We are on the second bullet of eight or nine. So okay. I mu- I might want to move us along. Uh, but the next bullet's just going to be more of you guys talking because right. wait, wait, really really fast. Sorry, give me sorry. give me your grade. You never gave us your definitive grade, and then we'll move on. We'll commentate. Yeah, we won't oh, yeah. commentate. We'll just say 
what your grade was, and we'll move on. I mean, well, I'm, having, I'm having you grade the Arsenal transfer market. I'm no, sorry. no, no, <laughs> no. I'm not kidding. All right, I would man, say man, we, well, all the players we got were great, but we had I don't know 14 holes in the squad, so it still feels insufficient. It still feels like oh, uh, the house is on fire. I made sure to save all of the forks and knives. Like it's like that kind of thing. We're like, or maybe that's not even a good metaphor, but but it felt like we only the house is on fire. I went to Target and bought a nice set of forks and knives. <laughs> so we have something to eat with in our new homelessness situation. Um, no, but it feels like we've solved some of the problems, but not not enough of them to get Champions League football, which is probably right. why we were spending all that money to try and be competitive right. for fourth. We. Don't, I don't. I still think we're going to finish in roughly the same position we finished in last year, even with the improvements, because everybody's improved. Like Arsenal yeah. has improved just by virtue of younger players getting better. Then plus those couple of additions, like it's inarguable. Uh, City are changing, but clearly still very good. Liverpool looked shitty for like a week, and it was a great week. Uh, right. But then they had a nine nothing. So I I, I I I still think it's like not enough, and I still think Glazers out is really the only good grade I could give. Yeah. Like anytime I can say that phrase. Um, but that said, it's I, I, my perspective on this team has changed a lot. Jeff will will uh, agree. It's been like feeling good about it, feeling bad about it, feeling dead about it, and I'm still kind of feeling dead about it. Mm. I'm, I'm going to give you guys a C minus for all those reasons. Oh well, good. That's a passing grade. We can yeah. go to college. I, I thought you were going to say a D for dead. <laughs> a D, D for, for dead. D, get out, Glazers. Um, <laughs> so Arsenal right. versus Aston Villa midweek game. What happened for those of okay. me that didn't watch? <laughs> those of me who didn't watch. For those of Skyler that didn't watch, um, I did watch. It, it's an interesting one. Both games this week had a similar feeling of last year we would have lost or last 100%. year we would have dropped points. Last you know, decade we would have dropped, we would have lost. Right. Where it's like, yeah. even though we were like pretty much in control of both games, right. more or less the entire time. Right. It, like there's always that weird, like slip on a banana peel moment, you know, in the previous game, it had been Gabrielle sort of coughing up the ball to Mitrovic in front of our goal. And then he scored. Yep. Um, you know, in this game, we were, we probably should have been three or four goals ahead in that first half. We had like just insane chances generated big chances too. And we were one nil up and then suddenly they equalize on a way. And we've got to talk about that equalizer, but it's so ridiculous. Uh, because apparently you're just allowed to wrestle the goalie now. Um, and also allowed to wrestle our forwards too. Skylar, uh, not Skylar, Saka. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Saka literally got like like suplexed and yeah. they just sort of were like and then they went to VAR and they're like, uh, we're just allowing suplexes now in yeah. the box. Um, but I'm rambling a bit. But yeah, and it, as soon as they scored, it was almost it was like everyone knew the team, the fans, everybody was just like, no, that's not going to stand. And then what was it? Three or four minutes later. Yeah. Uh, I think. Yes, yeah, Martinelli. Yeah, I mean, it, you're right. They're they're very interesting games. I think on the surface, so I think there's two things that happened, right? So one being, we we got we got scored on, we came back and we won, which was rare. And our arsenals of past have not really done that, even when it's like we know we need to. It, it is a little bit of the like pass the ball around the box and just see what happens and wait for something, right? Now it's a lot more like. 
aggression. We're doing it. Yada, yada, yada. I mean, the other thing, though, that's interesting is we didn't really. I have a feeling this week will be the week that we give up a real goal. Because both of those goals didn't feel like they were real goals. They felt like they were emotional gap, <laughs> like gaps. Yeah, I think I think that you know, like the, like the the Gabriel, um, the the Gabriel, our defensive Gabriel of our of our multitude of Gabriels, our defensive. <laughs> yeah. um, Gabby, Gabby I, three. I, yeah. Your Gabrielis. I think they're called Gabrielis. <laughs> so so that one I think was a mistake that sometimes center backs make that if you make it too many times then you get accused of being mustafi this is just like an elite center back who made a mistake and so be it can't really do anything about it the one this week was like like if we had lost that it would have been like the topic of the month because it was just like such an outrageous missed call i will say it it, ramsdale's interesting because he's very solid but he also still has a little bit of a ways to go. Like he's still things like that. Like there's cer- certain keepers that, that that's not going to happen to them. You know what I mean? Like it's not yeah. happening to like the, the elite keepers of the world. They don't let that shit happen. Right now. Yeah. Granted that was also a defensive error because somebody should have been getting the near post as well. And there yeah. wasn't really anybody on the near post, but it was also like, clearly that's illegal, et cetera. But but all that said, again, it's our resolve coming back and taking it. And, and part of it was like, stop fucking around because we had we should have been up dramatically and we just weren't in right. both games. But, you know, but but you're right. I mean, like, we, we wouldn't have done that in previous games. I think that Martinelli is like, I think the he is the one on our team. It, it reminds me a little bit of Sokka two years ago, probably, where everybody, like, the whole soccer world collectively is going like, Damn, you guys seeing this kid? Yeah. The Martinelli guy's really good. Yeah. And so right now we're kind of in that zone with Martinelli where he just like he's where he needs to be. I mean, did you see that fucking volley that he always scored? Oh my God. Dude, if that would have gone in, that would have been like I mean, that would have that would have he would have added ten million pounds to his transfer value immediately. <laughs> yeah. You know? I, yeah, that was an insane one. I mean, you can't hit it any better than that. And the no. fact that Emmy Martinez, former Arsenal player, blocked that is just, uh, I don't yeah. know. It's just unacceptable. It's, it's very poetic. Yeah. It's, very, it's totally <laughs> unacceptable. But, you know, but it was, but like that kind of stuff, I think we're now, you know, we're just at a place where I feel like we, we are a, even when we have played well over the last couple of years, I don't think we were a fearable team. And I feel like no. now, we are a team that, you know, we're not feared in the, the way that, like, a Man City is feared, where you just kind of go, like, we're all children. These are men. This is the best or, football team that anybody's ever seen. Or right? a Mason Greenwood is feared. Like, right. similar level. Yes, totally. Hmm. But, but I think we have a thing now where it's just like, oh, damn, this team is not a pushover. And they're not, like, I mean, I, I read the other day, I think I think Ramsdale was on the Men and Blazers podcast, I think, yesterday, or or no, no, it was Zinchenko talking to uh, Fabrizio Romano. Mm. Um, and he was saying how I think that the Arsenal team has the running, they have the most distance on the field of any team right now as well. So they're just like running their asses off constantly. Like they just wear teams out. People know they're going to wear a team out. And I just feel like they're a dangerous team now. And I think that that's part of why I think about them a little bit in the same canon as Liverpool 
from that those early years where like all of a sudden you were like, damn, this this Liverpool team is like like even the, the players that are supposed to be scrubs right. are like really difficult to play against. Milner and Shaw. It has the I think same those are like the same thing. Ish energy of hundred like, percent. We're just we're just not settling for any totally. sort of, you know, like even like early on in the game, Martinelli lost the ball and then sure. ran back kind of like lapped his man and stole the ball back and like passed it and sort of recycled it. And like, that's just not something you saw very often from Javinho, you know? No, (laughs) of course. Well, and just remember, I mean, remember how those early like elite Liverpool club teams, like the first 20 minutes, they were, they were absolute assassins, dude. Like they were so aggressive. They were pressing so aggressively. They were so offensively minded. And I feel like that was the thing that was so interesting about that team is like, you just like the first couple of minutes, you're just like, dude, this isn't a, this is like an assault. Like we're rattled. We don't know what to do. And like Arsenal's kind of doing that, but doing it in the Arsenal way, which is like passing very progressively, getting it upfield, not really running at players as much as just like creating space, finding the space, filling the space and then taking shots. So I think I might need to stop this run runaway fit freight train of a conversation. Uh, I, I feel like the Jewish kid in a Catholic school on like explain your family's religion day, where I'm like, so could I do you do on your winter vacation? Yeah. Could I just, I'm so sorry. Can I talk about Hanukkah for one minute before we get back to all the Christmas festivities? Yeah. Please tell me about the one the one nothing win that you guys had over the uh, weekend. The second consecutive clean sheet we've had, which uh, okay. I think for you know what? There's a there's a, it depends. It's everything's relative, right? Like if your life's right. been going great, a good day probably doesn't you don't notice it. But when your right. life has been nothing but like broken clavicles and flea infestation, <laughs> Manchester United, you're like two clean sheets in a row is the Just same. For example, like, that's not anyone's biography. Yeah, that's like you haven't made out with someone on a date in like six months and then you do. And it's not the person you maybe wanted to make out with, but you made out with someone. So you still kind of have it. And that's what a one nothing win against Leicester is for me. It's like, okay, sturdy. And and it's relevant to the next conversation we're going to have, which is about the uh, El Meet the Sakerico Derby, which is coming up this this weekend. Um, but but basically, it's like Ten Hag has fixed our defense. That's the only undeniable thing that I can tell from the first five matches, or how I guess five matches, like. First two matches were the old defenders that weren't going to fit yeah. into a pressing system like Maguire and Shaw with his, you know, half of a half of a football brain kind of thing he's got going on. Right. And and then the midfield still a work in progress, but in improvement. Now we just don't have anybody to to kick the ball into the goal. Um but so that's all I'm going to say. Very quick, very brief summary of a 90-minute match. It was just as long as your match. Um, yeah. But, but it, it, they really didn't threaten us very much, which maybe also yeah. is indicative of where Leicester is in the table right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we would have lost this match last year. We would have lost two to one. Well, and, and I mean, to your point, like that kind of feels like how we felt about Arsenal last year, where our, like defen- defense was pretty solid most of the time. We were really feeling like, damn, this is really starting to come together in a really a really good way. But like we were just couldn't we hadn't we had no offensive option and and that was what made our our winter transfer window so like 
horrifying is when we like got rid of the one person who theoretically was supposed to be a really really good option who was just going through a, a bad spell and then suddenly we were just like oh my god like we've gone from like not having good options to not having any options but but you know but that was i think that created the beginning of our movement towards what we have now which is like a really dynamic offense in theory that yeah. doesn't over rely on the back for sure and so i i feel like that's and you know and if we keep using liverpool like van dyke transformed that team from from like the back forward right and i know that he hasn't yeah. been playing his best this year but like that was the thing that turned liverpool into a to a like a, a really dominant squad was like a really solid leadership core in the back and, and I, so, something that I was really hoping you guys, Manchester United, would not figure out until after this week, because when you were completely falling apart early in the year, those first couple games, I was thinking, please just last a few more games, because I knew that we played you guys early, and I knew that we played you guys early away, so I was hoping you'd be in shambles. Now I feel like we're playing a team that is suddenly stout defensively at Old Trafford, I'm not so sure I like those, uh, you know what I mean? Like that, that's going to be a tough game when I was hope. you know, if you'd asked me a few weeks ago, I would think that we would be the heavy favorites, but I don't think so anymore. I'll still give you slight favorites though, because even though I would say Arsenal's opening schedule hasn't been that brutal, 15 points out of 15 points, like how much more could you ask for? Like no one else has done for that. Sure. So I would, so all right, let's just do it then. Let's, let's jump into it. We've got we've got our United v Arsenal ticker up. I think something we can all agree on. Doesn't it feel nice that this feels like a big game for the first time in like a couple of years? Like it's yeah. felt like one of us has been pathetic or both of us have been pathetic during our meetups. And Arsenal is definitely ahead of United on the uh, the reboot uh, calendar. But what what we've got is like. I would say Arsenal, very solid defense, very good attack so, uh, to my eyes early early mm -hmm. in the season. United, very good defense, very meh attack. So really kind of almost how, – how is this game going to go? Well, it's like how is it going to be played? Is it going to be oh. Arsenal with more than 50% possession in Old Trafford? If anything, I think if that's happening, it actually favors United because I feel like United can can score goals on the counterattack and we can't score goals in the slow buildup. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that the injuries are going to be an interesting factor here because I think that we we are facing a couple people potentially out or at the very least like on the fringes that have been good. And I know we mentioned this at the beginning of the pod where it's like, what depth do we really have? Like when when Ben when Ben White is playing on the right side, like how important has he really been? And is something that Tommy can be a really valuable understudy for? Or not. I don't know. Like we watched last week, like there's a very distinct difference between tier, uh, between um, Tierney and Zinchenko on the left. Mm -hmm. And and like not not to say that Tierney is obviously not doing a great job because he's such a he's an amazing player. But like the game just changes because Zinchenko just does a different thing and opens up a different way of playing on that on the kind of the left back time. And I think Ben White's going to be a really interesting factor on that because I think we've seen a similar thing. Like, he's a very progressive right back. And I don't know if Tommy does quite the same thing. Also, the communication issues are very different, you know, that kind of stuff. So I think that's going to be an interesting factor. 
to another subplot to the whole like it's been a long time since we've seen this kind of rivalry happen this also might be one of those uh old trafford is a bad place to play for an away team kind of game it's a bad place to visit for a home fan as well <laughs> exactly but you know but that, that's what place. That's a bad place. So that's one of the things that everybody's saying about about the Emirates right now, too, is like the Emirates is like as alive and as intimidating as it, as ever as it's ever been, like old Highbury days. And I know the last couple of years, people have been like old Trafford. It's kind of felt a little bit more like they're hostile towards Man United more than they are hostile towards the away team. I don't know if that's ever truly been the case for Arsenal because Arsenal games are always a little bit heavy duty. But I think this game, this is going to be one of those like, how young is our team really mentally when you yeah. go into a place like Old Trafford and like, you know, Emile Smith Rowe, Martinelli. I don't think Sokka's is as 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 um as victim to it necessarily, but like we got we got young kids in the team who were like the that cacophonous noise is is not easy, you know? That noise, it's Casemiro. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is he? Are, are all are all your new signings fit for this game? Are they? Casemiro just got a half on Thursday. I think with okay. the with the idea of starting him on Sunday, which I think is smart, needing that extra defensive uh, sturdiness, and he 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 had some good passing too. So I feel like he'll he'll be a net positive. Uh, Anthony is probably just going to be like a twenty minute cameo at most. He's only gotten two days of training, and I suspect yeah, I one of those even appear at all. That's I know cool. I I think he'll sub, um, but from familiarity with the system, it really like when you show up on your first day of training, it's like how how good is your cardio? If your cardio is good, he on a wing, he already knows how to press in the system. He's a tricky dude. You just maybe put him out there for twenty minutes, and maybe he makes something happen towards the end. Um, but yes, I would say largely everyone's fit, but also everyone's played all like except for the first two matches, which had your your Shaws and your Maguires and your Ronaldo yeah. starting. It's been like the same group like the last couple in a row. They're, they might they might be exhausted from a Thursday Sunday. Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing too, right? I mean, we did Wednesday. This this is going to be two exhausted teams that are going to be like. Like maybe you could argue Arsenal is in the driver's seat because they're like we're five and zero. Oh, like we lose. Confidence is high. Confidence is very yeah, high. The confidence is high, and also like, you know, there's just a different energy when you're like on the you're like been getting your ass kicked, and all of a sudden you have a little bit of win, and you know you're just there's a different tension, right? I don't, don't know if that it. tension. Exactly. And so I don't know if the Arsenal tension is quite the same thing as the Man United tension in this capacity. So I, I think that's going to be a really interesting plot to watch. I think it's going to be another interesting thing that, that should be paid attention to is like, what is Saka right now? Because he, yeah. some people would say he's not having a good season. I think that's an untrue. I think it's more that the, the balance of credit and the balance of attention has been really spread this year. Last yeah. year, I think it was all Saka him was another, for a while. He was, was a life him. support machine. For he was a life support machine. So, so I think that now, since so much stuff is running through the left, I think that Sock has been a little bit of like odd man out. But you know, this might be one of those games where all of a sudden we're really incorporating Saka more. I think Sambi Lakonga is going to be an interesting plot line because he's like kind of the midfielder right now. 
Um, he's what's you know, left, you know, and, and it's interesting because I, I really think that if Zinchenko was healthy, that Zinchenko might have been getting the start um, yeah. because he, he also plays in that defensive mid role. And obviously they love him. And then, you know, the guy that's sitting behind him, Tierney, as you mentioned, is pretty damn good at playing left back. So, you know, maybe right. they prefer having Tierney on the left, Zinchenko in the middle because he kind of ends up playing there. He yeah, kind he of does moves the triangle centrally with, with, when yeah, with he, Gabby and yeah, he, totally. they use him sort of differently. So it would it would work. Um I, but I do think I think Saka is is a big is a big one for this game. I, yeah. I wonder about that. And I also I, I think we have basically not seen any changes to the starting eleven that weren't totally. because of injury so far this season. And now coming off a midweek game. I I think we're gonna have to start rotating the squad a bit. I mean, there's some players that I, I really to. just want to see. You know, I'd really like to see Smith Rowe. I'd really Fabio. like to see what we have in Vieira. And then right. there are other guys like I mean, Samuel Akanga. I still think there was a point where people were writing him off, but I think we oh, saw no. enough of him last year to think he's a real talent. And I'd like to see. Oh, him I, yeah. Too. I think maybe that's For the sure. one sort of silver lining to having both Party and El Meni out of the lineup is that. Um, you know, Sambi Lakonga needs some minutes. That's well, very yeah. Arsenal. That's very Arsenal. Yeah. It's a good thing we have all these injuries. I know, I know. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I do think that they're, like, the Sambi Lakonga thing, you're right. Like, I don't think, I have zero interest in writing him off. He's a young player. He's not, like, he's not, like, Arsenal fans are just so fickle about midfielders, man. Like, we get so bent out of shape about midfielders that are not flashy. And, you know, like, because, you know, Granite Shock is a great example where, like, yes, he's made some mistakes, but he was also, he's always been a, a consistent, pretty good midfielder. Sometimes yeah. he's elite. Sometimes he's just, like, pretty good. Sometimes but he's red carded. Yeah. Sometimes he gets red carded. But, but, you know, like, there's a lot, there's an Arsenal, there's a part of the Arsenal fan base who thinks he's, like, you know, the, he's, he's another Mustafi, right? And, like, it's just as irresponsible. So I think that like Sambi Lakonga, it's going to be really interesting to see how he progresses, what he does. He he probably is going to be more of an El Nenny than he is a you know a party or something or an Odegaard, where like he just is really good, really consistent, really helps, but is not like is often overlooked. You know, isn't like the most dynamic player in the world. I am very curious if Fabio Vieira gets some time this game because he hasn't he hasn't been out there five yet subs. five subs use some of them Arteta. totally well also it's like i don't know if like i don't know I, I know the fabio Vieira thing i think he doesn't speak english very well or at all i believe oh, so that... so I, I think that they may be just like trying to get him up to communication standards i could be wrong but I, I remember somebody in our team was having an issue like that um, but you know, but again, it's it's one of those things. Like especially if Odegaard is injured, right? Which there's also a, a, a potentially he might be injured. Yeah. You then, don't know. Like, you don't know if he's hurt. Well, who who practiced it? I think Ramsdale and Zinchenko were practicing with the first team today. I think. So I know they are at least close. I, I think Odegaard Arteta plays the information very close to his chest about injuries. Yeah. So it's hard to tell. Like it'll be a surprise uh, in game day. Yeah. But then they could still play and still be injured and you still wouldn't know, right? Yeah. Yeah, but they're not gonna I mean, somebody like Odegaard, I, I don't know I don't I don't know if he's gonna be playing if he's injured. I mean he puts it he he puts in a lot of mileage. 
Like he's one. He, and he gets kicked a lot. Like it's he's kicked not a, a lot. Yeah. yeah. So he it would I be that would be a huge guys. change in the team if we had oh huge like, if we had Smith Rowe or somebody else having to play as the yeah. number ten or or I mean, Vieira starting that be, would be a yeah oh that'd first be game wild Trafford. Well, but Vieira is more of a box to box, right? He's not really a traditional center center attacking, or is he? I have no idea. I've never seen a minute of him. <laughs> I, I get the impression that he's a bit more of attacking. I've even heard that he goes out to the wing, but I do think he's a bit yeah. of an anomaly, which is why we yeah. like him. Yeah. Is All there right, any player that is like a single – is there any Man United player that you feel like is like a singular story in this game? De Gea. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because all right, it's, it's kind of a nice pivot to me wanting you guys to put uh, your your predictions, uh, put your predictions down. But my prediction is a one-one draw, and I feel like, and again, this is not a slight to you, but like I feel like the goal that we concede to you is going to be something that has me mad as fuck. And so I'm <laughs> in my brain thinking it's going to be like something where De Gea passes the ball straight to like a striker or winger and it's a tap in and it'll be like a kind of like a it'll shut me up like that's exactly what i'm estimating will happen what do you he try to keep it to like a prediction try not to go back through the arsenal roster three or four more times in this one but like it's hard because i love them all so much i know and you it's this is a match made in hell with you two uh but, <laughs> but, but like give me say a score say what happens I'll go uh, 2-1 to the Arsenal. One goal because De Gea slips on a banana peel. One goal because one of our players slips on a banana peel. And Saka with the game winner um, shut everyone up. At the end? Like very at the yeah. very end? Or is it settled earlier? I don't know, like 85th minute or something. Yeah. Not in the very, very end. But end, end. So I'm, I'm debating on my Arsenal-Vietnam uh, flashbacks prediction versus my optimistic i'll give you two then so i'll give my my arsenal vietnam flashback is i think it ends up being uh two nil to the to the man united and uh we have a couple key injuries out and ronaldo scores the second goal mm. which, 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 which would feel very very old old arsenal style that's a helicopter yeah. going overhead right now, and I'm here. Yeah, exactly. so, yes. Is that is that not what you actually think will happen, Ben? Well, I think I think that that's a I think I think in, that's a that's a uh, a string theory dual paths of existence here. I think there's <laughs> one very of, possible it's be one, one or the one, other, right? One of the other. Schrodinger's arsenal result. Schrodinger's yeah. arsenal result. <laughs> I, I think I also think it's very possible that it ends up being. Uh, a, I mean, I, I I think the big plot is is Old Trafford. I think Old Trafford's hmm. atmosphere is going to be a is going to be another player. And you and, think the Arsenal players will be intimidated by "We want Glazers out, we want Glazers out." You think that that's going to be making a dent? Well, let's let's see if if and when that happens, right? Because my other prediction would be either three nothing or three one to the Arsenal, and it would just feel like Arsenal is actually a legitimate, good, real team. It's holy shit. They can't be. They they got to be taken seriously. Damn, that was a bloodbath. And then it's kind of like, at you know, it, it ends up being like two nothing after after going into halftime. A third comes at like the eighty third minute, 
from like one of our subs and then the game ends with a chorus of boos and Arsenal's like celebrating subtly but flamboyantly as uh, Rebecca Lowe talks about um, Arsenal being a, a legitimate contender with the two Robbies. It's funny <laughs> how like this this man like I just I think one one's likely because I view us as even if you are you have a little bit better form than us and I would say even a little bit better squad depth even if it's depleted now. Like one one to me feels like cosmically fair. It wouldn't make me yeah. happy. It wouldn't make you guys happy. Yeah. So that well, yeah. It, it depends on what it looks like, right? I mean, if it's if it's if it's cosmically fair, but it's like a like I, I don't want to see an Arsenal player, particularly somebody who's feeling a little bit low right now, like Ramsdale, make a mistake that causes a real problem, right? Like I would like to see a legitimately well made. United goal if there's going to be a goal or like I'd like to see like a fucking Bruno Fernandez free kick that you're just like damn that was that was that's a that's like what are you gonna do right you want moments of quality moments of quality but also like these are two interestingly narrative the two narratives of these teams are really interesting right now so I wouldn't want it to be like whoops on a couple because it just feels like that's an in that's insincere to what's happening with the two squads. Hmm. Um, I mean, there's also a third we'll option, which is Rob Holding scores a hat trick. So, like, is that a third option? A third option. <laughs> Matt Turner time, yeah. scores a hat trick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is Matt, is Matt Turner potentially going to start or no? I mean, he would start if Ramsdale is out. I think that would be like that'd be fucked up if he started. Quite frankly, but. I would just love. I'd love to see him play just as a United States fan to like get to see him some serious games. I I mean, I I do not know what the real plot is of the Matt Turner thing. I I find it suspicious. I I don't. I'm very high on Turner, Ben. I'm like one of the higher. Yeah, from I was a revolution. I am a revolution fan who doesn't watch revolution matches anymore. But I saw him play a lot, and he at one point had like was the mathematical best goalie in MLS by like double digit prevented goals like to the second right. place right we'll see I if mean, they told I, him how to pass yeah. in the last 3 weeks i mean that's yeah. that, that's an issue <laughs> yeah i mean it's 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 yeah, it's just it still feels like such an odd signing i mean it just feels like one of those it feels like a signing designed to bridge the american gap for arsenal into the market I would trade yeah. him for Dubrovka and twenty million. Okay, all right. That's a, I think. I think. I also think he would even even if he had some of Dave De Gea's like same limitations. I still think he would outperform him over a season. So, like in a way, I think it's a little bratty of you yeah. to not appreciate the uh, <laughs> the De Gea we have at home. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't dislike Matt Turner. Obviously, I haven't seen enough of him. But I think that just what Ramsdale does, his, like, weird secret sauce, is he can, like, get assists yeah. from the goalie's box. You know what I mean? Like, the dude, the dude makes an outpass, like, a, like, with pinpoint accuracy. You think it's that's going to work against our, against our 5'9 center back? You think that's actually going to work? I don't think that that's like a reason why. I don't think that's like the defining factor, but it's like one of those things that like Ramsdale, other than making crazy saves and being like 
the most charismatic man in the world in the Premier League right now. He also just like it just the the he just stretches the the defensive necessity of a team so dramatically it's crazy. Like his highlights of these of of like his passes from the box are insane. Well, that is that is something that I can't speak to. I don't know what that looks like. Um, but but it it it's it's going to be no matter what we're all going to be watching it live, right? Like this is not one yeah. to miss. Also, it's at eight thirty oh, yeah. uh, a.m. and on the West Coast, so I think it's nine thirty p.m. Eight thirty a.m. Uh. 8.30 a.m. kickoff on Sunday. Oh, you're right. You're right. Um, oh, all right. Good thing I so, did this podcast. I want to miss the whole first half. So we just, we got to keep we got to keep rolling. Uh, apol- apologies to you, Ben. This one's kind of a Jeff Schuyler specific one, although you're welcome to, of course, comment on it. But it's time to do the first ever official Meet the Soccers bet for El Meet the Soccerico. Uh I know I think it's going to be a 1-1, but let's just say United win, Arsenal win are the conditions. Okay. If Arsenal wins, Jeff, state your terms. Oh, man. This is hard. Are we betting money or like weird embarrassment? It could be something that we do together when we're in uh, London. It could like because by the way, Je- Jeff and I will be doing an in-person meet the soccer's uh, in just over a month's time. Boom! And and this bet will be collected at that point. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're both going to attend a game with each other. Um. In uh, so one of us, we will each friend. we will each be incognito in the other team's home section. Um, so I will go to United Newcastle with Skyler and he will go to Man City Arsenal with me. Um, I think the loser should have to like in full throated singing voice, sing along with the home fans that they're pretending to be a part of for one song, one full Wait, song. But I don't know um, the United song. So why would I know the Arsenal ones? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll figure them out there. They're way easier to hear in person. I thought you were going to say you have to wear an Arsenal I kit, know. and I, like my breath was like being held, like don't, don't. I wouldn't do that to you. Don't. <laughs> I'm yeah, just going to make that's the, too much. I think the loser has to try to start the choir of "You'll Never Walk Alone," regardless. That's Liverpool. <laughs> I know, I'm aware the of that. The loser gets stabbed. That's pretty so harsh. Upset. Man, yes, I'm not exactly. gonna agree to a bet where no matter what happens, one of us gets knifed. Like that's not that's not a good bet. That's a suicide. And, and, what, and what happens for now? And what happens if uh, Robinho scores the hat trick? That that could technically happen in a in another dimension. Oh man! All right, Ben. This is why we were just gonna do this one, just us. Uh, <laughs> but all right, how, how about this, Jeff? How about this? Uh, yeah. United win. You and I are going to a strip club in London, and you are paying for a lap dance. And if Arsenal win, I will allow you oh, wow. to fill that in because I don't want to. I don't want anyone mad at you, <laughs> so you don't have to. You don't, you don't have to I'm ne- I will never make a stripper touch you. That will never happen. Mm, okay, um, man. I will. How about I really get you guys thing. like a, a hundred quid bottle of wine? I think I still want you to sing some <laughs> Arsenal songs with my music. All right. Strip <laughs> uh, club, Arsenal right. songs, that's fair, right? 
That's a good. Even, that's a good. Even. That's a good bet. And I know that it's. Uh, I already kind of said it, but of course, uh, meet the soccer's will soon be coming to you from jolly old England. Um, and it'll be it'll be that's great. We we may even just be on one camera. That'll be nuts. Skylar and Jeff in the little like, red box. Is there enough room? Look at that. It'll be full screen, full bleed image. around the mic like the like the Wu Tang Clan or the Temptations. The Wu Tang Clan. What? The Wu Tang Clan. I think you said Wu Tang Clan. I think I said it correctly. Wu Tang Clan. The Wu Tang Clan. That's when the Wu Tang Clan is playing basketball poorly. It's clanging on <laughs> off the rim. The house with all those bricks. All right, Jeff. I officially have nothing more to contribute, so I'm going to leave. Ben, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Anytime. Nothing brings me joy more than talking about the teams I love. So Ben loves the pudding. If you had just just logged off right after saying, nothing brings me joy, click. (laughs) (laughs) It looks like someone's a United fan now. Yeah. Yeah. Our voice just died. No. Um, all right, Jeff, give us a give us a London update. I don't. Ben doesn't give a fuck about the fact that you live in London or is jealous. He doesn't care. Um, I'm moving across town next week. Looking forward to it. Should be my permanent home. Uh, pretty pumped. And I don't know. Just starting to get the feel of the place. Getting to feel like I know the place. Um, yeah, London's awesome. I'm do going you, to see Buckingham walk- Palace tomorrow. You are. Is, does the royal family actively live there, or do they just cosplay there? I think that the queen is up in Scotland, and I'm not sure she's ever going to leave. Um, there's a rumor going around that she wants to die in Scotland to try to unite the kingdom. Um, but I, I also think it. that, like, basically, she went to Scotland because she likes it better there. But now she's like too old to travel, um, so she won't be around. And I think the other royals, Kate and William. Man, I know a lot of royal stuff just by being here, don't I? Um, Kate and William, I think, have moved like out of like the center of London. Um, so I don't know. I think it's kind of like a weird show house now. It's like a model I, home. I see. It's like it's like the Broadway equivalent of like the White House. <laughs> Maybe. Does have you been singing uh, Lord Royals just every time you like pass by that area of town, or? <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I, I've hummed it a little bit. <laughs> it's like, no, Jeff, that's tennis court. That's a different, different single. <laughs> is is the like the newness or the the coolness of just all of the British accents? Everyone's got like a different British accent. Like, is that worn off, or is it like, are you numb to it already? Or every time I get used to one, I find another. Like, uh, I've just I got uh, Paramount Plus because there was this movie about monster wrestling that my daughter really wanted to watch. And so we had like family movie night tonight and we watched that and it was oh. amazing, but uh, it's called rumble. It's actually like produced by the WWE. It was pretty good. Um, Do you see the family it, that fights one that they made family that fights? It's like a story. It's like a, a, a movie about a family of wrestlers. And it's about, I think it's starring like the girl from Bumblebee maybe. Um, that's and, the one with the big show in it. Like the TV, there's like a Netflix series called the big show show. No, this that's is just movie. a film. It's like fighting with family is what it's called. Oh, look it up. Oh, look it up. If you like average movies about wrestling, 
I was gonna say like like Rumble. I'd say it's it's probably actually an average movie, but it was just so fun because my daughter loves it so much. That it was like I got to enjoy it vicariously. But yeah, for you, you'd be like, oh, this is fine. Um, but I loved it. Um, but oh, I have started watching. Sorry, that was a long way around for me to say. I'm getting. I started watching Jordy Shore. Um, is that Jersey Shore? But they're from Newcastle. Exactly. Um, and that those accents are pretty rough, man. Um, I'm going to download that illegally very soon after I get off this <laughs> podcast. Go for it. Wait, so if I can find it, can we have a Geordie Shore like, conversation session on our next episode? That would be amazing. When's the next international break? Can we, can we do that uh, for we, the international break it'll podcast? Be like, it'll be like recapping El Meet the Sacarico and then... Jordy Shore, like yeah. that's gonna be our whole next pod. Subscribe to our Patreon to get director's <laughs> commentary from us on every Jordy Shore episode. <laughs> They're what all available for you to binge right now. When those Twitch numbers start going up, a Patreon is definitely gonna happen. We need we need the extra twenty bucks a month. Dude, I can use all the money and I can get. No, I'm just kidding. I'm financially stable, but I'll take it. Wait, wait. So what? Before your computer dies, what was our bet? It's I'm singing. And you're buying me a lap dance? Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, Rachel. It was funny. I had to do it. <laughs> it wasn't that funny. <laughs> it, will, no, it will be funny. It will be funny when you and I, in our mid-30s, go to a strip club. Yeah, let's, let's do it. <laughs> there we go. Is yep. it your bachelor party or your birthday or something? We're like, no. <laughs> we didn't hear like the music open this early. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, we're the 10 a.m. strip club crowd. <laughs> Yeah, the C team. All right, uh, Jeffrey, I love you. Thank you for another transcendent episode. Yes, love you too. See you. Uh, not best of luck Sunday. <laughs> May the best team win. May the team highest. May the suckers. May the suckers. A soccer podcast that probably won't last. Ryan?